Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to our, our patients and the communities that we serve. My name is Brian Van Bocklin with Eskenazi Health Public Affairs, and today we're discussing a really important um, medical uh, situation or incident and everything here with uh, Eskenazi Health. It's the Eskenazi Health Stroke Center, and uh, we have Michelle Glidden, registered nurse and uh, stroke program manager here joining us today. Welcome, Michelle. We're going to make this we're going to make this easy for you. We're just going to have a nice little chat about stuff that's right in your wheelhouse. Uh, but the uh, first question, easiest one, a little bit about your background, uh, more about what you do here with Eskenazi Health and all of that. Well, thank you, Brian. Yep. I appreciate you inviting me here today. Um, a little background about me is I've been a nurse for 27 years. Uh, the early part of my career was actually in more of preventative care and primary care, uh, working closely with physicians in their offices. I went from there to emergency nursing, um, where I found that uh, this is where I was supposed to be. Um, and I grew up here in Indiana. I did some time in California, um, but you always come home. Um, and so I've, I've seen a little bit uh, here. I've seen a little bit there. Um, but while working in the emergency department, I really liked the neurological and the stroke patients kind of spoke to me. As an emergency nurse, you see everything. Um, but for some reason, I, I gravitated towards those stroke patients. I came to Eskenazi about seven years ago um, with stroke in mind. And I have been here uh, building and growing this program since I've started. Um, and so our patients are doing uh, wonderful things here. Every, everyone's heard of the term stroke, and uh, and I know there's lots of scary things out there. But for me personally, like stroke is the one that I that makes me stop in my my tracks. Maybe because it's the brain that it impacts. It's just like you said, the neurological. But um, can you go into some more detail to help us, you know, understand about you know what is a stroke? What, why are they so serious? What causes a stroke? I know I asked three questions in that, but <laughs> you know, just kind of an overview of what. Uh, of what uh, what a stroke actually is. Absolutely. Stroke is very complex. Um, the cause of stroke can vary, um, and I'll get into that in a second. But most importantly, um, there's no barriers to who can have a stroke. There's no racial, ethnic, or economic barriers. So it can affect anyone at any time. While the average age of a stroke patient is 69 or higher, um, even children can have a stroke. Um, and so the most important takeaway, though, is more than 80% of all strokes are preventable. And that's where, you know, doing education like this is important because um, knowing what you can do to prevent a stroke is important. Know your numbers. Know your risk factors. Uh, when I mean know your numbers, know your blood pressure. Is it controlled? Um, know your blood sugars. If you're diabetic, is your A1C less than 7 um, what is your cholesterol level? If you have an LDL or the, the bad cholesterol, if it's higher than 70, you should be on a cholesterol medicine. All of these things will help prevent a stroke. Um, other things that uh, can be risk factors is what is your weight? You know, are you at a good, healthy level? Um, do you have a sedentary lifestyle? Do you go home and watch TV every night? Or do you get up and go do things? How well is your exercise tolerance? I'm not asking you to, to start training for next year's mini <laughs> marathon. But, you know, get up and do something. You know, take a lap around the yard a couple times a day. You know, something small. Um, 
other things that can uh, lead into it is, you know, do you smoke? Any drug use? Excessive alcohol consumption? Um, if you've got a history of an irregular heartbeat or um, that hypertension or blood pressure, all of those are things that you can control yourselves to prevent that stroke. So here at Eskenazi, and I always, when, when people, when I try and talk about how wonderful uh, Eskenazi is, because it's the, it's the county hospital, it's the safety net hospital, but the resources that we have here across the whole system is really, it's like, you're not going to believe what's here in a county hospital. Tell us about what the Eskenazi Health Stroke, Stroke Center has to offer patients, because it's pretty exclusive uh, high-end technology and treatment capabilities. So what is, what, what is available through the Eskenazi Health Stroke Center? Here at Eskenazi, we are we are capable of taking care of any type of stroke, whether it's something minor, um, like just a simple, um, like decreased strength in your hand or numbness, things like that, that would only affect you like if you're chopping vegetables at the, you know, getting ready for dinner, or if it's something to where you have complete par- paralysis on one side of your body or the other. So we have the capability of doing all of that here. Um, what we teach our employees is time is brain. What this means is that our any of our employees can ex- expedite testing and treatment for acute stroke. Um, if the patient meets the right criteria, um, specifically if they arrive within a few hours of stroke symptoms, we can treatment with medications or even a surgical procedure to relu- reduce that stroke or even eliminate it altogether. We have physicians that have had extra training and experience um, to take care of these patients as well. Um, which not every hospital has. So that does make us a little bit special. Uh, we also have special rec- specialized recognition from the Joint Commission and the American Heart American Stroke Association for the care that we provide here specifically at Eskenazi Health. And we got, yeah, with the Get With the Guidelines. And then there was a, I, I, I'm off the top of my head, but there was another addition to the Get With the Guidelines we just added recently to the Stroke Center, right? Yeah, they Get With the Guidelines. That's um, uh, the component put out by the American Heart American Stroke Association. Um, and they've added uh, special uh, recognition for uh, diabetic patients as well. And we did achieve that um, recognition the last two years running. And then how is uh, how stroke care evolved over the years? Because we talk about seconds count and, you know, all of that. But then with the capabilities and the technology, because I know um, when I when I was a kid, so we're talking almost 40 years ago at this point in time, uh, you know, an elderly woman who was close to our family, she had suffered a stroke and that she was never the same. She was bedridden for the rest of her life. Now, if anyone goes to EskenaziHealth.edu in the news section, you'll see a stroke story of a patient that I think had a fairly substantial stroke and is up moving around and she's going hiking and camping and doing all of that stuff. So how is... How has it got, obviously it's gotten better, but what is so different now that, what have we learned now that makes it as this care evolved over time? Absolutely. Stroke, um, you know, when people think of stroke, you think of that elderly lady that can't move or or can't even get out of bed. Uh, but over even the last 30 years, the progress of stroke care has changed so much. There is so much research out there being done. Um, you know, the, the medication that can be given um, started in the mid-90s. Um, and you could give it within three hours, and now that time frame has gone up to four and a half hours of last known well. Um, but there's actually some other testing that we can do to kind of play with that timeline as well. Um, and then more recently, in in the last, I'm going to say eight years, 
roughly. Uh, we've been able to do surgical procedures to actually go up and uh, remove clots out of the brain to uh, reduce those significant strokes. Oh, it's almost like the, the work they did in the 80s with heart catheterizations and things like that. It's just scarier to, to put um, tools like that up into the brain. Um, and so there's a lot more research done doing that. And so, I mean, time and time again, the devices are getting better, the timelines are, are getting narrowed. Um, and it's just the amount of the research that is out there, which is uh, crazy phenomenal. So I know we have the NIR suite here at Eskenazi Health. And I think at the time when we got it, it was, was it the second one in the nation, first one in the state, something? I don't know if that's still an accurate statement, but at the time. At the time, it's yeah. been open uh, like right at two years since we got the new technology. Um, and it's still the, the cutting edge technology out there. Um, there are multiple uh, facilities that have this technology, but at the time we were the first one in Indianapolis that I know of, maybe the state to have gotten it um, at the time. So I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. And the technology is, is phenomenal. So what's capable with technology like that? How is that able to better uh, outcomes and improve uh, treatment? If you're able to use that technology uh, in the way that it was developed, we can, um, you know, that it's a type of x-ray um, that the providers use, um, and they can look at the brain and the vessels at more than one direction at a time. And it's called a biplane. And basically, they have two different types of x-ray um, that can uh, look at it from different angles, because, you know, not every not any vessel in the brain is a straight line. And so if it's curving around, you need to see which direction it's going and where the occlusions are that we can remove and, and open those vessels back up. Yeah, I remember when we were uh, working on that story that you can find on the website, uh, we, the doctor had taken us up and shown us the the, the machine, but actually then pulled up, you know, some of the uh, uh, screenshots is the wrong word, but, you know, but showing us how blood was flowing and it's just, it's so, and how the the definition of everything and what he was actually capable and able to see through that technology. It's just, uh, it's one of those things like, I, I hope I never have one, but if I do, I want to come here, you know? Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off script on you because I just, <laughs> I, but uh, uh, and some of these are like just I, things that pop in my head. So I, I hear this a lot. Um, what's a mini stroke? Um, mini strokes is, is more of a, a common or a lay person's term for uh, a TIA or transient ischemic attack. And sometimes those are actual strokes and sometimes they're not. And it just depends on, you know, testing and things like that. But basically, um, you know, these mini strokes that you hear about um, are considered temporary because their symptoms go away, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, in 10 minutes or a matter of hours. Um, but if you have TIAs, it's very important that you get checked out. Um, even if your symptoms resolved, go ahead and, and see a physician uh, because that probably means you're at risk for a stroke. Um, there's actually a 10% chance that if you have a TIA, you will have a significant stroke within the next 30 days. Wow. So it's very important to get those episodes checked out, even if your symptoms go back, you know, and but you if you don't know what caused it, get it checked out, whether it's coming to the emergency department or an urgent care or something like that. 
And then when patients come down to the Eskenazi Health Stroke Center, I'm gonna get back on script for you here. What can they? Uh, what can they? What kind of care can they expect? What can they expect to receive when they're here being treated? Well, the the first thing is is when you have symptoms, it's very important to call nine one one because the sooner you get. Uh, medical care, the better. Um, you know, these patients will come to the emergency department. That's an overwhelming experience, uh, especially with stroke. We work very hard um, to get you evaluated and the testing started within that first few minutes. Um, so what this means is we have emergency medicine physicians, we have stroke physicians, we have all the nurses um, there at the bedside within minutes. Uh, we're going to do labs, we're going to take imaging, we're going to go to CAT scan and get the uh, comprehensive of images of your brain, um, you know, to help diagnose the stroke or rule out the other causes of your symptoms. Um, you will get admitted more than likely in the stroke team. Uh, they dig deeper at that point, um, you know, look for the cause of the stroke um, and to prevent any complications as well. Uh, during the hospitalization, you're going to see physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy, as well as a case, case manager help coordinate all of your care. But it is definitely an overwhelming process. Uh, and then obviously there's post-discharge care. Uh, how does Eskenazi engage with that as soon as a, a patient is ready to go home? Emergent treatment goes back to that time as brain. Um, so it can only be done within a few hours of getting to the emergency department. Um, but all of our patients are evaluated to be able to go home during those first 24 hours of hospitalization. Um, and that's where that physical therapy, um, occupational and speech therapy all comes in together. Um, they work with your team to determine, can you go home right after your stroke? Um, or is it a matter of you need to do some short-term rehabilitation, like a one or two week stay in a rehab center to help, um, um, navigate your body um, and the deficits that you have. Having a family member or a caregiver that can help does facilitate patients returning to home. Um, here at Eskenazi, we have like 60% of our patients are able to go home after a stroke. Um, wow. You know, and if they've got family members to help take care of them, that number is actually better. Um, we also have a stroke clinic. So our patients will follow up with our, our stroke-specialized neurologists, um, and they will go uh, to see them within a few weeks to a few months after their discharge. So let's get into, you know, bystanders spotting this, the signs of stroke. Uh, we're big on BFAST, right? We're, so uh, can you go into what BFAST is? And then I've got a couple follow-up questions, but these are how to spot a stroke, BFAST. Absolutely. BFAST is a mnemonic, or basically every, every letter stands for something. Um, and it helps people recognize the signs and symptoms of stroke earlier. So the B and B fast is for balance. You know, are you dizzy or unsteady? As long as you don't know the reason for it. You know, if you've taken a medication or had some alcohol or something like that, that can cause dizziness. But if you are dizzy and you have no idea why, that can be sign of a stroke. The E in BFAST is for eyes or vision. Um, if you have like a, a spot on your in your vision that goes black, or if you have blurriness in one area of your vision, um, that can be concerning for a stroke as well. The F and B fast is for face, is one side of the face drooping. A is for arms. Um, are you having any uh, weakness or numbness just on one arm um, or the other, um, or even just decreased strength? S is for speech. Um, any slurred speech, trouble forming words, 
um, things like that. We've actually had a, an employee here who I have permission to uh, tell his story is that uh, he was working from home and somebody was on a call with him and they noticed that he was having trouble. Uh, it wasn't he wasn't able to talk, but he was talking slower, almost like he had to think about forming his words. So even something subtle like that can be a, a significant sign. And he actually, that was how he determined he had a stroke. Um, and then the last one is T for time. Uh, time to call 911. Don't lay down thinking, I'm going to rest for a little bit and I'll be better. Because those are the patients that are like out of the time window for tr emergent treatments. And, you know, we can do the the extra testing and things like that. But those treatment options go out the window if you go lay down and see how I'm going to feel in an hour or two. Um, so we do uh, encourage people to call 911. We encourage staff members here, even if they see somebody in the cafeteria, you know, call, you know, note, tell somebody. Um, so call 911. Um the most important thing is, is um, you know, early treatment is better. Um, and if you come to the ER and it turns out to not be a stroke, it's okay to overreact. Yes. Um, you know, it, there, is, there is no way that we're going to tell you that, you know, you shouldn't have been here with these symptoms. Um, so overreaction is it, completely acceptable. So with BFAST, we've we've called 911. We're waiting for the ambulance to get there. What should be going on then? Do we want to keep a person talking? You said don't let them lay down. Like what what should be going on while we're while we're waiting in those few minutes for an ambulance to get there? Just for the the few minutes that it takes for an ambulance to get to your house or work or wherever you're at at the time, um, just try to you know keep that person calm. You know, don't let them eat or drink anything because sometimes um, strokes can affect their their swallowing. Um, so you know, don't give them some water or anything like that. But just keep them calm is the most important thing. Uh, is there anything we have not hit on for this? I know we've covered a lot of stuff, but I want to make sure uh, that you get time to that, that we say everything we want to say with this. Um, stroke is very common. I mean, there's probably um, I think six hundred thousand people have a stroke every year. Um, it's a very uh, costly disease. Um, you know, whether it, we're talking, you know, treatments and rehab and medications and walkers and, and even uh, assisted living or even nursing home care uh, later in life, it's very expensive. So anything that you can do to prevent a stroke is going to be um, number one priority. One last question that popped into my head, other than the the physical things that come out of having a stroke that, that a patient might have to do, what, what are the other sort of challenges does someone uh, who's suffered a stroke face? Or, like, is there a mental health component that then comes into it? Like, what all goes into, I guess, life after stroke? Um, I cannot speak from experience. Okay. I've not yeah. had one personally, but, you know, talking with people that have had, um, you know, if you have one stroke, you're at a higher risk for having another. And so that's always in the back of their mind, you know, could I have prevented the first one? Or when is the next one going to hit? Um, and so that it, it can be stressful for sure. 
Michelle Glidden with Eskenazi Health Stroke Center. Appreciate you taking the time to come in. Uh, you can get more information on uh, the Eskenazi Health Stroke Center at eskenazihealth.edu. You can also follow us on all of our social media channels. Thanks to Julianne and Byron and Joe for being here to help us out with the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. Thank you, Michelle, for coming in and talking to us. I hope it wasn't uh, too painful once we got up and going. I <laughs> uh, see so you got a smile. I, that's my thing. It'll get people to leave it with was, a smile. It so. was good. Yes. All the, the microphones is, are intimidating, but it went very well. Once Thank you, you get for up having and get me, rolling. Brian. Thanks a lot for coming in. We'll talk to you next time on the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast.